All right, Substackers, we are back. Ask Corey Anything Part 2, or should I say Part Skew? Don't matter whether I should have. I just did. Don't matter. Let's see where we left off. We left off with my good buddy uh, Warren Tidwell. Next one is Pamela Barone, no doubt Robert's sister from up there in Queens. She says, I am knitting your family a baby blanket, and there is nothing you can do to stop me. Fair warning, the first baby blanket I started was for a baby who now has four babies of her own. Les sigh. <laughs> well, that's not actually a question, but that is a, a generous offer there, and I do appreciate it. I got to tell you, the older I get, I've always been a blanket guy. But the older I get, it's almost like all I care about. Like, I don't care about getting, you know, like flat screen TVs and, you know, nice sectional couches. I mean, I guess I like those things too. But like the more blankets, the better. I don't know if this is an everywhere thing, but like in the South, um, maybe because we're just so used to the warm weather that when it finally gets cold, we're just like, oh my God, I can't handle it. Give me all the blankets in the world. But like behind our couches, you know, we've got like you know, 30, 40 blankets at all times. Because when people come over to the house, we, you know, it's like, we try to save on the energy bill. Everybody just grab a blanket. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I want everybody to be comfortable. I've been getting into weighted blankets recently. Just seen one advertised. It's like a 50-foot blanket. I'm all for it. So I appreciate you, Pamela. I will take that blanket. Uh, Danny York says, since you've lost weight, have you considered a name change to the low-fat cream dream? Uh, I get that question a lot in some other uh, form. A lot of times it's the, I can't believe it's not buttercream, which uh, I got to tell you, I think the science would support that I can't believe it's not butter will make you just fat as, as regular butter, I think. It's just like back in the 90s, uh, sugar, uh, the sugar lobbyists did this whole thing to fat where they made fat seem like the enemy and everybody sort of just, you know, fell behind them on that. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm a butter guy. But I, but I always tell people this when they say, well, you can't be the buttercream dream anymore because you've lost weight. Number two, in the past week, I've gained a lot of it back <laughs> because fall just started, and that means taco soup. Oh, you know what? My alarm's going off telling me that I need to do my Ask Corey Anything Part 2. I'm way ahead of you, motherfucker. Um, so, I, I, you know, I've gained a little weight, but I mean, I'll, I'll knock it back off with some walking. But the thing is, I eat just as much buttercream as I did before, really. Um... I, I I still indulge, I just exercise a lot more, and basically what I do is I just, like, I still have stuff I want, I just don't need as much of it, which, like, realistically is, like, like, when I went to Europe, it changed my whole perspective on what a portion size is. <laughs> like, you go over there and you order dinner, and you eat your whole plate, but you're not miserable because they give you, like, a rational size, so, like, I'm just being smart about everything, man, like, hell, I ate a whole case of mini moon pies the other night, I mean, it was mini moon pies, but it was mini, mini moon pies, if that makes sense, and also, yes, I'm out of breath, because I just got back, <laughs> I just got back from outside doing a cameo, and every time I have to get in buttercream dream mode, I can't breathe for, like, two or three hours, but my point is, I've always tried to make, I, People had to tell me that the buttercream dream was supposed to be a fat character. I actually didn't name him that way because of that. And I know that sounds stupid to a lot of people, but like the joke was always just that I like dairy. And it was kind of an inside joke with me and my friends. And the way that that character came to be was I knew I wanted to do a wrestling character. And my manager was like, what about something with dairy? You've got a lot of jokes about how you like cheese. That's how highbrow my, my humor is. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she was like, the dairy dream? And I, and I told her, I was like, I want it to be something with dream because it's loosely based on Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. And she was like, the dairy dream? And I was like, eh, that's not it, but that's not bad. And then she was like, what about the butter dream? And I was like, okay. And then it just hit me. I go, oh, buttercream dream. I had buttercream on the mind because me and my sister used to run a bakery together. So it was like, okay. He's the buttercream dream. kind of, and, and then it was pointed out to me, were you doing a thing on the buttercream gang? I wasn't, but I'm glad that you think that. So my point is, is that like never once did I think the gimmick was look at this fat guy. <laughs> I was told by a myriad of people on the internet that that's what I was doing, which was kind of hurtful because I didn't know that I had to be fat in order to be funny. It's also been pointed out to me several times since I lost weight that maybe that was the case, which was very, uh, very hurtful. But I don't care. I would rather be uh, healthy and less funny, I guess. But yeah, I never, like, I don't know. The, 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 the character, to me, the contention of the character and the funny thing was, here's a guy talking about serious things, but in a non-serious way, like a wrestling promo. And, uh, I mean, I guess I can't deny if I'm basing something on the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Dusty was a bigger guy, and that was the, that was the point. He was supposed to be the everyman. But I would say to you that like even though I've lost weight like I'm still built like the everyman it's not like I'm felt I'm not a freaking Hemsworth over here I'm just doing better for myself um but I do yeah every time I, I haven't posted as many buttercream dream videos lately and I think part of it if I'm just being straight up honest with y'all is I did get self-conscious about all that stuff because it it turned it it became something where like people were commenting more on my body than the jokes and like you know I'm not going to sit here and act like I have to deal with that like like women do but it is weird like because I never thought that was the joke you know I was just being me matter of fact when I really started doing the buttercream dream character I think I had actually lost like 20 pounds at that point I was still very much overweight but like I dude I've got a big ego like I'd look at my I, I now look at back at videos of myself when I thought I looked good and was like damn dude <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking but ah man it just invites so much negativity to even post that shit now and again it's it when I was fat nobody like everybody had to call me fat and then I got not fat and now it's hey you're not funny because you're not fat which is extremely hurtful because I always thought that it was the words that I said I thought it was the clever puns and the jokes and the delivery and the style and the flair and the uh oh a certain je ne sais quoi that I had but uh turns out uh, for a lot of people, it was just that I was fat. So, no, I'm not going to change the name because, like I said, the name to me never had anything to do with being fat. But, you know, I, I get it. <laughs> Keith Mitchell says, did you ever get that U.S. Navy hat that I mailed or did I F it up? Keith, I did. And I'm so glad that you're messaging me here because I got the hat and then I, lo I lost the envelope that had your name on it and I couldn't figure out for the life of me, who had sent it to me. So I really, really appreciate that, Keith. I am going to now go find that hat today, take a picture, and tag you in it, because I really do appreciate that. That meant the world to me. 
but it just got, man, I'm just so ADD. Like, I got a lot of packages. I saw the hat, and I was like, oh, yay. And then I ran away wearing the hat, and then I came back, and I couldn't find the address or anything. So, yes, Keith, I got it. I'm still out of breath. Lord God, thank you so much. Individual number one is in deep number two. When will Annie Fatneck Jones be back, and how will she adapt to the new baby? Did I answer this one already? I can't remember. Annie, uh, Annie will be back soon, and I think she will love the new baby. Um, let's see. Oh, no, I think I answered this one, too. I sure did. Well, aside from Fat Bear Week, what other similar fun contests do you think humanity is missing out on? Uh, any of the ones that they got going on in New Orleans during Mardi Gras? Pretty sweet. We could do with some more of those, I promise. Uh, let's see. I, oh, I ended with Diamond Rio, Little Texas, and Shenandoah. That's what I did. Uncle Bod, my, my, the only sponsor of Substack that I will allow to be a sponsor. Uncle Bod, my trainer, the one that turned me from the buttercream dream to the buttercream lean, says, bread pudding or gooey butter bars? That is difficult to say. Bread pudding is one of my, if not my favorite desserts of all time. I love any type of wet bread. <laughs> if you introduced moistness to bread, I'm a fan. But my mama's gooey butter bars are out of this world. I think you could make a hybrid gooey butter bar bread pudding situation and I'd be in. I think that if I could only have one the rest of my life, it would be uh, bread pudding, though. My buddy Gimmick Attorney says, what are you most excited about for fatherhood? Uh, and then my buddy Sean Memento Mori said, well, it's a built-in excuse to go to the toy store. That's pretty much my answer. I'm not going to lie. I've pretty much, I act like a big child anyways. Like I watch cartoons all the time. I love playing with toys. I love reading comic books. So I do think that like the thing I'm most excited about is that like, now all of that stuff is going to just seem like I'm being a good dad when, in, in you know, realistically, it's just that I'm continuing to do the same things. My thing I'm most excited about about fatherhood, though, is like I had great parents, don't get me wrong, but everybody grows up and, and thinks to themselves like, man, I really wish that, you know, my parents had like noticed that I was interested in this earlier and sort of fostered that. Like I'm, I'm interested in getting to introduce my kids to things early and earlier in life than I was introduced to them like it was late in life before I realized how beneficial walking in the park and being out in nature was for me and like my kid is gonna know that early now they might end up not liking it and I'm certainly not gonna force my hobbies down their throat if they're not into something they don't have to do it but like I wish that my dad my dad wasn't really that big of a golfer and my papa was but my papa died early so I didn't get to go with him and I didn't start golfing until late in life and now I'm a pretty decent golfer but I could have been so much better and my kid's not gonna have to deal with that like he's gonna have golf clubs in his hand from the second he's old enough to have them and again if he doesn't like it great he won't do it but like I am pretty pumped up about downloading all my <laughs> all of the things that I like on this kid and making the perfect mini me if that makes uh, sense I think that's that's what I'm most excited about and you know being able to yeah watch a lot of cartoons and it not considered not be considered me wasting time it be considered me having actual uh, father son father son time I'm pumped about it uh oh what's up came up came up uh came up out the south girl says yes i have a hair care question well i know good and well it ain't for me can you get kirby to share her routine including products purdy please i will holler at kirby 
that is my sister, for those of you who don't know, the one that co-hosted the um, House of the Dragon podcast with me. Every time I see her do her hair, she just sprays shit on it and fluffs it out. I don't think she really puts that much time and effort into it, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll tag her so you can see. Brian E. says, who is on your laminated top five celebrity list? And I, underst- I assume laminated means it doesn't move, like you, you can't change it. And I don't really know. Oh, that's, a, that's a great question. Let me answer this in terms of maybe the five celebrities that were most in- have been most influential to me or that I would most like to meet. Uh, number one would be Mel Brooks, who I already met, as some of you know. I got to share my 30th birthday with Mel. He sang to me, yes, this is a name drop. It's the coolest thing that's ever happened in my life. After that would be, like, I'd love to meet Seinfeld. I don't think that it would go that great. Like, I, you know, I'm sure that he's kind of a off-putting person, <laughs> but he was an idol of mine. I would love to meet uh, Foxworthy. Uh, I would love to meet brad pitt because he's such a cultural icon from my specific era so that's mel brooks jerry seinfeld foxworthy brad pitt well you better put a woman in there Corey. <laughs> everybody's gonna get mad man i really would have liked to have met betty white that'd have been awesome um shit can they be dead i don't really know what you mean by top five celebrity list like let's just say it's the the ones that inspired me the most like i said uh lucille ball would have been a great one to meet i'm very very interested in lucille ball like i've been thinking about doing a lucille ball podcast actually and i know you're like hey why don't you finish some of the other ones you've started first i will i promise it's on my it's on my list of like podcasts that i want to do eventually the tentative title is called why love lucy i want to explore all the things that made her great because she's such a fascinating person like not not just her comedic timing, which she had the best of, but like her business acumen and just what she had to go through at that time in Hollywood to be as successful as she was as a woman in a still male-dominated field. But back then, like, my God. I would like to meet Elon Musk just so I could just be like, dude, are you fucking for real right now? <laughs> I kind of feel the same way about Kanye. I don't know what's going on. I try now with, with with dudes like Elon Musk and Kanye, who both of those are people who back in the day, I, I wouldn't say I stand, but like I was always like, I genuinely believed Elon Musk was going to be like our Tony Stark. And like he's disappointed me every day since. And Kanye was like my favorite rapper and he's done nothing but you know, disappoint me since. So like, I don't, I try not to put a lot of stock into celebrity now because at the end of the day, that's just a person that got famous that still has insane ideas as a, like they're still people and people are stupid. Like I'm an idiot. Also, what is celebrity people? Some people think that I'm a celebrity and they couldn't be further from the truth. A lot of people don't know what celebrity is in terms of like Kevin Sorbo will tweet something and somebody will be like, uh, uh, being a celebrity has gone to his head, or like, celebrities shouldn't have Twitter. And then someone will be like, Kevin Sorbo's not a celebrity. And it's like, yes, he is. The, the definition of a celebrity is a lot of people know who you are. Just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean that they're not a celebrity. The definition of celebrity isn't person that I like or person that I respect their work. It is person who is famous. Like, Tucker Carlson, regardless of whether you like him, is a celebrity. I hate to tell you. Sean Hannity, celebrity. Ben Shapiro, celebrity. Corey Ryan Forrester, not celebrity. The only people who knows who I am are the people on this sub stack. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's it. 
Kevin Shanley, Kevin Shanley says, do you believe in aliens? Is there life out there somewhere else in the universe? And then he shared the gift from Mac and me. Dude, absolutely I believe in aliens. Like, it, be, from a logical standpoint, what are the odds that the universe is as big as every, every scientist says it is? And what are the odds that we're the only ones out there? I know some people would make the argument of like, well, why haven't we seen them yet? Well, they're in the same predicament that we are. I think that like several galaxies away, there are aliens just like those of us on Earth who don't know about us and wonder all the time, do you really think there's stuff out there? And they've got their own crazy, excuse me, QAnon aliens <laughs> that, you know, like, no, man, it's just us. And, you know, we're controlled by the insert race of aliens that they're, <laughs> you know prejudice against or whatever but yeah definitely i definitely think there's there's aliens out there like i watch so much uh i watch so many alien movies that i kind of like i hope we don't ever meet them because that never really goes well wouldn't it be nice if there was a movie where aliens came to earth and instead of invading us they were just like hey we came here to help <laughs> but that never happened so like i don't know i think that um this might sound xenophobic or whatever the term is for intergalactic prejudice or fear, but maybe we just all need to stick to our same planet, be with our own kind, you know? I don't know, but dude, I definitely believe there's aliens. Like, it doesn't make sense that the the, the universe would be this big and we would be the only people here. I just don't, That doesn't. that doesn't make sense to me. Emperor Norton II says, will you be sponsored by Astroglide anytime soon? I, I have to imagine that's because you see Astroglide constantly commenting on all of my things. And the question is, I've been sponsor, sponsored by Astroglide in the past. They uh, actually hired me for a Valentine's Day campaign last year where I did a series of videos and they paid me handsomely. And I appreciate the people over at Astroglide and I can, one can only hope that they will re-up that contract this Valentine's Day. Hey, you know what? Go tag me in all the Astroglide stuff and be like, we'd love to see Corey be in one of your commercials because, uh, you know, that would hit. So the answer to your question is yes. Uh, will you be, Susie Alvarez says, will you be sharing videos of the Bambino? I assume that you do not mean Babe Ruth, as I'm not a baseball podcaster, and you mean my baby, and that is a wonderful question and a complicated one. Trey, my touring partner and best friend, has a very strict, I don't share pictures or videos of my kids policy on the internet, and I get why, because this might not be what y'all want to hear, but like, I get a lot of death threats all the time. Which they don't, they don't bother me when they say stuff about me. But we'll bring my wife into it, and then I get a little scared. And I, get, I also get scared of like how I respond to it because I can, I can really, really fly off the handle with something like that. And I used to post pictures of my niece all the time. And y'all might have noticed, or you probably didn't, look at, look at me with main character syndrome again. Um, I don't do that anymore because comments got nasty from people who are sad and don't have a life and um it was hurting my sister's feelings more than me because I didn't check those comments because I try not to but um so I stopped doing that because it's unfortunate but the world is an ugly place and I 
liked sharing pictures of my niece because she was cute, and I thought it definitely brightened up my day, and I assumed it would brighten up other people's days, but... Yeah, I don't want to invite that type of vitriol in my life, and so therefore, nah, I probably won't share pictures of my kids, to be honest, which is a bummer because I plan on doing very cute things with them, such as putting us in matching shoes and matching outfits and whatnot, but I don't know, man. I think that I kind of want to share Trey's uh, philosophy on that because, yeah, man, there's crazy people out there, and maybe I don't want them knowing you know, what my kid looks like or where he goes to school or something like that. And that is so fucked up, man. Um, but it is, it, it is real. Uh, so yeah, probably not, man. This was a bummer. I'm so sorry for being this way. Uh, KB far at Katatafe says, how about doing a putting on airs comparing redneck injuries slash scars to rich people? Quote, check this and out pulls up pant leg. That's a good episode. That's a good idea for the Venn diagram. I don't know if uh, if uh, rich people. I don't know if rich people talk about their scars as much. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, on putting on airs, Trey's segment is the Venn diagram of where rich people and and trash people overlap in terms of interest. I always give the example of uh, fucking your cousin as being the number one. Um, yeah, we'll. we'll uh, I'll send that to Trey, and maybe he can do. Uh, I'll send that, that to Trey, and maybe he can do something with it. Anthony Randolph says, I moved to Las Vegas in 2016. Is 2A still under construction? 2A is the highway we have here in Chickamauga, Fort Oglethorpe, in the Rossville area. Yeah, it's still under construction. And that shit ain't ever going to change. <laughs> Season of the Figlet says, when are you going to do a show in San Diego? If you are insinuating that I never have, you are wrong because I do the, we do the comedy store usually once a year. We were doing the American Comedy Company, and then we had some sort of fallout that I'm not privy to all the information. But here's the deal, and you know this if you're a, a member of my Substack. I'm straight up not touring for a long time after this baby comes. I'm going to do our, um, me and Trey just wrote another book. And so next year, next fall, I will do a contractually obligated book tour, which I can't wait to do. And I know that I'll have, I, when you say the phrase, contractually obligated it makes it seem like you're only doing it because of your contract which i mean i am because i want to spend as much time with my kid as i can but i'm doing that and then i am packing it in and heading home uh for the foreseeable future at least a couple years because i will be damned if i miss the first steps or the first words or a myriad of firsts that i haven't even thought of yet I want to be there for my kid. Eventually, I know that I'll have to go back on the road because that's how money works, <laughs> which is part of the reason that I that I started this Substack anyways is to get a side hustle just in case something like this happened. So I appreciate all of you who subscribe. Uh, and also during that time when I'm not touring as much, like there, you know, there will be more things on this Substack. As you notice, I'm posting different things now, trying to figure out what people like, trying to figure out what people don't like. I'm trying to use audience feedback because I want this to be about y'all, not just me. Obviously, I want to post stuff that I like, but like if I'm making, if this is going to be a full time job for me, you know, there's got to be more stuff on here. And I understand that. And I'm working on that. I'm just, you know, finishing up a couple, polishing off a couple more projects before I stay home. And then here we go, guns a blazing. Like I said, there's a couple new podcasts they're about to debut on here that I'm just making sure are good uh before before i put them out but i i just don't i don't want to tour man i don't i mean i love it i love 
doing stand-up comedy is my favorite thing in the world. It's probably the thing I'm best at, but I just, you know, I guess I've grown up a little bit, and I now know that, like, hey, buddy, it's not all about you, and you got to make some sacrifices, and I can't sacrifice my everything in the entertainment business because it's the only skill that I have, but I can certainly sacrifice road time, uh, and that's what I'm going to do. So I don't know. I, hopefully San Diego's on the book tour because we always do well in San Diego, and Lord God knows I like the weather and playing golf, so... Holler at me. Uh, sign up for the newsletter at wellreadcomedy.com, but also, well, you're on this newsletter, so like, I'll let you know if I'm coming to San Diego. I promise, baby. Oh, my friend Sarah Wofford says, what colors do you want in the baby quilt that I'm definitely going to make for baby Cho? Hey, you're an artist. I will never tell you what colors to use. You do you. I'm not going to be, trust me, I'm not going to be one of those dads that like, my boy's boys, he's going to have blue. Pink it up. I don't give a shit. Do whatever. You are the artist. Make the baby blanket however you want, and I will appreciate you uh, for it. Season of the Figlet. Oh, oh, ja oh, it's Jax. Jax, I didn't even realize that was you. Uh, what is your go-to activity slash thought slash method of relieving anxiety when the big D creeps in? Well, lately, um, it's been a lot of big breaths, and I also do this thing that may help y'all. Whenever something, whenever I'm having a good day, I write it down in my little, in my notepad, in my phone. I just like keep a log of all the good days and all the good things that have happened to me, and I go revisit that and look at it when I'm feeling bad because it, 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 um, what's the word here? It, uh, it lets me know, I can't think of the word, but it lets me know that, like, oh, this is temporary. You had a great day the other day. Because, man, when you're, it's like when you're physically sick and you've been physically sick for a couple days, you start to forget what feeling good is. And you're like, oh, my God, this is just my base now. I'm never going to get better. And, like, depression is the exact same, in my opinion. And so, like, sometimes you just have to remind yourself that uh that it's it's going to be better and it has been better but deep breaths drinking lots of water going for a walk in the park i'm sounding very tom cruisey here because you also need to talk to a therapist and and take your medication but some days you've taken your medication and talking to a therapist and it still creeps in so like you just got to be vigilant man like i you know somebody told me once that like you know treating your anxiety and depression it's like brushing your teeth it's a thing that you have to do and sometimes it's a pain in the ass but like it's just part of your life now, dude. Like you, there's, there's, there's no. It's not fair. It's not fair. It sucks, but like, you know, just something you got to do. So, I just try to remember the good times. I try to give hugs. I hug my wife. I hold my wife, and the, the human connection makes me feel good. I go play with my niece. I'm lucky though. Like I, you know, I'm. I make my own hours and I, I work from home and I do whatever I want. Like I'm my own boss. So like I can drop everything. Now, I mean, eventually that means I've got to make up for it and work harder later, but like, I'm so blessed. So like, I feel bad even giving advice. Cause I've just got a, I've got a, you know, more comfortable life in that regard. Like if I need to take a couple hours off, I can just tell me my, I'm my boss. I can go, Hey, I'm fucking off, <laughs> you know? So, uh, just breathe, man. That's all I can tell you. Adam Singer says, can I just Venmo you some cash for the hours of content you've already provided my life and to support baby Trey, second of his name? <laughs> no, you don't have to Venmo me cash. Uh, that That is an option, though. Like, I, I think that's going to be a thing that I end up doing because I know that there's some people that, like, 
they don't want to re-up on the subscription to parttimefunnyman.com, but they, they do believe in paying for, you know, uh, I hate using the word, but content that they get, but where you could, like, make a one-time donation, like it's an offering plate or something. And I'm pretty sure that my Venmo and my PayPal are the same. It's buttercreamcory at gmail.com, but I'm not telling you to do that. But there are some people, and I'm one of these people, like, I pay for shit that I, you know, consume, um, and I'm blessed in that, like, I can I can incur the uh, uh, re-upping every month. But some people are like, hey, I'd just rather give you $10 once <laughs> than it come out of my check. And I get that. So, I mean, yeah, there, you know, you can, you can do that. I don't give a shit. But also, you don't have to. You know, like I said, anything I do that is not a physical good, I will gladly give away for free. Uh, making money hits, but I will gladly give it away for free. So... I appreciate you. Uh, let's see. Jax, goddamn, you're going to ask a million questions? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love it. Given the choices of writing books, filming shows, doing stand-up, making videos, interacting with the public, writing screenplays, making music, what aspects of your chosen career do you most enjoy slash do you want to do more of and what do you want to do less of? Um, the thing that I've enjoyed my whole life the most is doing stand-up. That is for sure. I've been doing it longer now than I was not doing it. I've been doing it for 18 years. So that's the thing I most enjoy, but at the same time, it is the thing that maybe I want to do less of, but the only reason is that it requires me to travel. If I lived in a town that had a really great comedy club, I'd probably be up all the time. That's not the case for me. I mean, I love the good people of our comedy club, but it's not like, I don't know, it's not the most conducive to my brand, <laughs> if that makes sense. And uh, that's just time away from my family and my house. And like, like I said, you got to, I got to travel to do all those. So if I could, if there was like a portal, I could just jump in and be at Zany's in Nashville every night, or be at Largo in Los Angeles every night. I'd do stand up every night, and it'd be great. Doing podcasts is something that I definitely want to do more of. I want to be more of a I can make this stuff at the house type person. Making videos as well. You know, I was never a making videos type guy. It's just something I pivoted to during the pandemic because I wasn't allowed to do stand-up. And I think I got pretty decent at it. But, like, you know, I, even that, like, I, I'll, I'll be straight up honest with you. Like, I am a sensitive person. I'm a very sensitive person. And the immediate feedback you get on videos bothers me a lot. I'm weak in that regard. I'm fine admitting that. Sometimes I don't, I'll have an idea for something and I won't post it because like I'll be in a bad mood and I'm like, oh, what if they think it's bad? And that's stupid and I need to get over it. Uh, but with like putting out podcasts and stuff, all you care about is the downloads, baby. If the downloads are good, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're fine. I like to create something that I like, put it out there. Screenplays, definitely. Um, the only bad thing about that is that like, I only get paid to write screenplays every now and then, so writing the other screenplays is like you're doing something on spec, and like I should do more things on spec, but it is so hard once you've left the world of having to do everything on spec to do something on spec because it's like, why well, am I taking all this time to write something that nobody's paying me to do when I could go do all this stuff that somebody's paying me to do? But yeah, I want to write more screenplays, but like for audio dramas that I turn into podcasts, if that makes sense. I really, really, really want to be like a media man, like an audio guy 
that has a lot of podcasts and puts out funny podcasts, history podcasts, sports podcasts. I want to be in that world. I really like it. I think I could be good at it. I think I'm already decent at it because I've done it for a long time, but I know that I could be better, and that's something that I want to dedicate the next chapter of my life to doing, and that way I'm you know, doing less of the other stuff. I mean, you, you have to do, you can't do all that stuff all the time. It's just impossible. I love doing sketches for Comedy Central. I want to make television shows, but look, we're getting to the, we're getting to the point of like, now I'm like, dude, if they won't let me make the TV show because it's too high concept or because they just don't have faith in the South as a backdrop for a show, even though they claim they want it, then I want to just be able to do stuff myself. And I think that means... Busting my ass, getting a podcast studio going, saving up the money, and 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 uh, sort of wiggling that into a production company studio. Where like, if I want to make something, I just do it. Obviously, I don't have just the cashola laying around to do it right now, but I think it's something that if I worked my ass off, I could get to. And uh, speaking of that, let's end here for this. Uh, this edition of Ask Corey Anything and I'll be back tomorrow with part three. Wonderful questions. I just forget how how long-winded I am. Y'all take care. I appreciate you for supporting me here on this Substack. and remember if you can't afford it, you can always get it free by emailing me at buttercreamcorey at gmail.com Also, email me with subjects you would like me to write essays on because this is your Substack as much as it is mine. Matter of fact, it's more yours than it is mine. Tell me what you want and by God, I'll do it. Love you so much. See you later. Skew.